0: Yes, a hi hello, and welcome inside a Tuesday edition of the program. had to remind myself what day of the week it is. It is a Tuesday. Welcome in. Power Talk of Muncie. The new WMUN. We have a lot to get to today. Basketball tonight in the form of Ball State men's basketball as they have a matchup with Northern Illinois on the road. And, um, you know, I don't like the the phrase must win because then it – emphasizes certain games but doesn't emphasize others you know I I know it drives coaches very 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 um you know nuts when you know you ask the question the the must win category but um you know these next six are, are are in that category you know, um, it's going to be interesting uh, to see how it all plays out, and we're going to break it all down coming up here in a little bit as Ball State has Northern Illinois, and again, the six-game sprint to the end of the uh, conference season. So um, you've got about three weeks uh, basketball left before the conference tournament hits. Again, there's some good news, and then there's some things that I think fans would like to see, and um, you have that first opportunity coming up this evening with Northern Illinois, the matchup we'll talk about that coming Coming up in a little bit. Um, The uh, 12 team playoff has officially been ratified in uh, NCAA college football. So we're going to dive into that. And I've got some interesting things about it coming up in a little bit because. On the home front here, I think there's a couple of questions nationally, but there's one that reverberates around small, you know, mid-major conference schools. Like, does this open the door for when you have a team in the Mid-American Conference that goes undefeated? Does it give them more of an opportunity to compete at a a higher level? And so why not just look at last year's poll? That's what we're going to do and we'll give you exactly who would have been in the playoffs. And look, there's been... A couple of teams that Northern Illinois has had. I know that there was a Western Michigan team that was led by uh, P.J. Fleck before he went to Minnesota that was undefeated. That got to a uh, very, very high bowl game. So again, the path is there. Uh, The path seems to be there and that's interesting for not just the Mid-American Conference, but maybe other conferences there. Again, you have to have a a ridiculous season to get into that mix. Um, You know, uh, the year that Ball State won the Mid-American Conference title, uh, they lost the opening one to Miami of Ohio at the season's end after beating uh Coastal Carolina uh, in their um bowl game uh they were ranked in the top 25 uh and and they just they just kind of got in at the the last moment so anyway um uh, there's a lot going on with that but here here's what's interesting man there there are a couple of days in the sports calendar that are incredibly slow and it's not slow around here but that's when you have college basketball um, in your town there's a lot going on we also have high school basketball to talk about we'll give you an idea of our uh, sectional championship coverage coming up this week and also Kyle Smedley from the Ball State Daily News is going to join us at 440 but um, I don't mean this as a disrespect I promise you and a lot of you are going to understand this okay but Matthew Slater has been the lead story today, the fact he retired from the NFL, <laughs> uh, a special teams player in the NFL. As good as he was at his position, I don't know if anybody uh, – there's probably a lot of people out there that are trying to realize like why it's such a big deal that Matthew Slater – is retiring who was a special teams player his entire career it's by no means to diminish his career but the fact that that's a lead story today tells you there is no um uh, the the there's there's no football really to talk about there's no NBA basketball to talk about there's a lot of things that aren't happening now tonight when you have college basketball maybe that story will kind of go by the wayside but i i had to chuckle a little bit that uh, there's been thus this much love about a player that i, I you know again He's a 10-time Pro Bowler. He's a really good player for his position, and I'm not diminishing his career, but I don't know when the last time that Matthew Slater was in the news (laughs) at all, let alone being the lead story today. So anyway, um, you got to always keep the sports moving. Always got to talk about something. And I guess that is the story of the day, uh, that Matthew Slater has retired. I I don't mean to make light. I promise. 765-287-1340 at uh, WMUN on Twitter. For those of you that would like to embark on the conversation we will have today, again, we have a lot of different topics in which to touch on today, and I believe... If it hasn't happened already, it'll happen tomorrow that the deadline or the window opens for franchise uh, tagging players. And, of course, the Colts have a major decision to make when it comes to Michael Pittman Jr. But I also feel like the rest in the market that's set with the wide receivers, because there's a couple out there that uh, could be in the very same position that Michael Pittman Jr. is with the Indianapolis Colts. So, again, maybe the market will dictate exactly what happens with Michael Pittman Jr. and the Indianapolis Colts as well. Again, calls welcome at 765-287-1340. So, um, Ball State, a matchup tonight against Northern Illinois and uh, a team that they have uh, beaten already this season Uh, they did that uh, a couple weeks back at home 81-71 that was in the midst of a uh, streak, their better streaks in mid-American conference play where they won three out of four games Ball State the losers of their last three, uh, two of those in conference play to Ohio and then Miami of Ohio again, the Miami of Ohio game on Saturday got out of hand there in the second half, so so a lot of things to, to break down. I I would I wanna lead with the positive, okay? I wanna do that. Because too often When you're analyzing or trying to preview matchups and all those different things, I think this is happening with a couple of teams around the state. Um, You know, the fact of the matter is with three weeks left in the regular season, you can rapidly improve your standing. Um, And, you know, Indiana being one of those, Indiana can rapidly improve their their standing with a great three weeks, with a good Big Ten tournament. I I mean, hope is not lost. It's not looking great and i get it i I get fans are very emotional and media types as well and whatever the case may be but the fact of the matter is for ball state men's basketball they do have an opportunity ahead of them it is still there because you got to thank your lucky stars what's happening above you now i know this team this coaching staff everything's locked in on them the focus on everybody else outside of them really isn't a consideration at this point. But obviously you need things to, uh, I I guess, tilt your way, and they have. I mean, you could have lost against Miami of Ohio and Western Michigan could have won, and it would have made – uh, three teams at 6-6, six and six and you would have been two games back, and we would have been having a different conversation. You know, being two games back with six to play is a heck of a lot different than being a game back with six to play and a team that's above you that you already have the head-to-head against, and you're going to play them again, by the way, at Worthen Arena. So it's not all lost because at this point, getting in the conference tournament would, would, would be a good situation down the stretch. Does it mean you're going to win the conference tournament, win a game in the conference tournament, whatever? That's a different conversation for a different day. You are in the crunch time moments of six to play with an opportunity to get there. And really, one team that's in your sights. Now, I'll say this. The two teams at six and six are not out of the realm of possibility. Now, at the same time, this game tonight would bring another team into the mix with you to challenge for that eighth spot if Northern Illinois beats you or if Eastern Michigan beats you you are at the only team at four and eight there's two teams below you at three and nine and the one team above you that's in the eighth spot right now in Western Michigan at five and seven coincidentally Western Michigan above you you've beaten Eastern Michigan below you, you've beaten. Northern Illinois below you, you've beaten. And Buffalo below you, you have beaten. So, if you take care of what you need to take care of with the teams right around you, you will be in the conference tournament. You will. I I, I mean, fact of the matter there and the tiebreakers help. You know, if you have both matchups won and you're tied at the end of the day, you know what that, that lean goes to. So, again... I offer the positive spin. I offer what is, that's reality. The The reality is the opportunities are still ahead of you. And there's been stretches of good basketball, all those sorts of things. And you have a matchup problem every time you walk into the gym uh, with Bashir Jihad. We, we've said that all year long. Um, that is the positive spin. Now to the moments that, again, if there's been anything consistent about this team, it's been the fact that, you don't know exactly what you're going to get on a nightly basis. Now, even in the midst of a game where you were competitive in the first half against Miami of Ohio, it wasn't by any means a pretty first half, and then it all kind of went sideways in the second half, there's moments where you look really good, and there's moments where clearly – you don't and um, you know a um, couple bad plays turn in to a series of great plays for the opposition both defensively and offensively and uh, the coaching staff and players have talked about it internally and talked about it externally uh, there's been a lot of chatter about how do you make the inconsistent consistent and I get the questions of hey by by this point of the year are you who you are but I still feel like that there's a bit of meshing from a chemistry standpoint. The fact your rotation's short, I mean, th- there's, there's, there's guys that are logging a lot of minutes, but you, you've got to kind of push through at this point. Um, I know that there's some players dealing with injuries right now. I, I know that you're short on those rotations, but all that being said, there's enough there that on a nightly basis y- you should have enough over these final six games to find your way into the tournament feels that way and you know um, down the stretch here this is you know this is the clear moment in three weeks where you can start to write some of those things and maybe hit a hot streak as you get to the conference tournament Um, you're going to face teams like eastern michigan central michigan western kent and bowling green that again Um, central michigan's the best team you'll face but um, the other teams are two games over 500 or 10 games under 500 i mean you've got you've got a a healthy mix of teams that again if if you're going to punch your way into the conference tournament these are the types of teams you have to beat they are They're, they're, they're the types of teams you have to beat So um, I know that's not the most enlightening breakdown that you'll ever hear about a particular basketball team, but um, it's there for the taking. And you know, I think this team and maybe this this program is realized. Look, um, it's on them. And ultimately, when I say it's on them, I mean it this way. When you get to moments, and, and this comes from talking to coaches and being around programs and covering and, and all those different things based on what I've heard before, okay, is that when you have those inconsistencies and when things are kind of up and down and kind of in this moment where, you know, you, you had just won three or four, looked like you were in pretty good position going into that Ohio game um, a couple of Tuesdays ago, and now you're losers of three straight. In these moments, it's way more important about focusing on yourselves than maybe your opponent at this point, because clearly there's there's things you need to work out and get back to things that you were doing well. And, and contrary to popular belief, this is a basketball team that has done a lot of great things well. I think if you asked Akron and Toledo, two teams that are at the top of the Mid-American Conference... Um, What's an opponent in the middle of the conference that gave them some matchup issues and gave them some grief? I would think Ball State would be in that mix. Now, you don't have W's to show for it. And then you've had tough losses like you did against Miami of Ohio and like you did uh, against Ohio and like you did again uh, this past Saturday against Miami of Ohio. So I guess Miami of Ohio twice. But the fact that, you know, I would think those teams at the top of the conference would mention hey that was by no means an easy win shows you you got it there you know the difference is are you going to be able to show it on the floor in, in 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 W's and what if I told you from the start you're probably tired of hearing it I would imagine you would be I in, in some ways I'm kind of tired of saying it but you, you got to be redundant when it continues to be true so with five of the six that you're facing, teams that are ranked uh, um, you know, fourth through the bottom of the conference, if this isn't a microcosm of what we've talked about all season long about at the end of the day, you are judged by what you do against the middle of the conference, I can't help you. <laughs> because you are truly facing five of six teams to finish the year in conference play to decide whether you get in the MAC tournament or not and they are all right in the middle of the conference and the inconsistencies that you've dealt with you've got to figure out I mean you just flat out have to figure out so ultimately I think it'll be interesting tonight And, and, and here's the deal too I mean this is why teams that kind of fight their way into conference tournaments sometimes get hot because guess what there's a path for Eastern Michigan there's a path for Northern Illinois there's a path that Western Michigan's got to hold their spot in the conference tournament so basically you're playing conference tournament type of one-and-done type of games <laughs> with three weeks to play you're, you're you're playing in what is your season with three weeks to play and that can be incredibly beneficial. But it comes down to kind of what you do here. You know, for a while, it was one game at a time for a while, and it still is. It's still one game at a time. You can't look at this six-game sample size and say we're going to attack it as a group. you got to attack each individual moment as it is. But your your season's defined kind of by these six games, and it starts tonight at Northern Illinois. So uh, two of the next three. Are on the road to so Northern Illinois tonight. Eastern Michigan Saturday is at home, and then you're back on the road at Central Michigan on Tuesday again. Another game. Central Michigan was a game that was a six-point spread. So ultimately, that's the, the 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 breakdown of of all of this. That again, there is a heck of a lot to still play for, and quite frankly, there is a path uh, to get into the conference tournament. And it it, it comes to what you do. I mean, that sounds pretty cliche, sounds pretty um, remedial, but that's what it is. And so many times this team's taken a step forward. They've also taken a step back. They've taken a step forward. But you just wonder if maybe your consistency comes when these moments are right in front of you. And so big moment tonight. Big moment tonight. We'll have a, a full recap of the game coming up on tomorrow's show. Um, and then Kyle Smedley, Ball State Daily News, is going to stop by the program here in a little bit uh, as we get his thoughts. And, you know, I, I just wonder the, the, the level of optimism. And, um, you know, it's going to be interesting. Um, very, very interesting to see um, how, how they react to these moments because, again, Sometimes in urgency moments it just hits a little different. <laughs> it just hits it hits a little different. So, uh we'll see how it plays out. So, bowl State into Calb uh 8 o'clock tip tonight, a little bit later than usual as Ball State is at Northern Illinois. Again, the first time around a couple weeks back, uh, Ball State won the game 81-71. They had leads in the upper teens at different points of that matchup right there. But again, I'll, I'll continue to say this. They go into the gym every single night in conference play and have a matchup problem with what Bashir Jihad can do so can you capitalize on that and can the others play off of that and play together um it's going to be interesting and, and and quite frankly i think a lot of fans are curious how you respond after uh you have your uh biggest conference loss of the season the 21 point loss to miami of ohio like how do you come out the very next game and avenge that like mentality wise that is important for uh for kind of fans to see and all those different things and so We'll all be attentive to this one tonight. Uh, should be interesting to see how all of that plays out. Uh, Ball State women's basketball back in action coming up tomorrow. And uh, they have a matchup coming up Saturday against Toledo. Um, should be uh, should be a lot of fun. Um, they did have a game, by the way, uh, Ball State women's basketball. The Kent State matchup towards the end of the season uh, will be another national TV game. So um, again, the exposure continues to be um, pretty uh, pretty wide for uh, Ball State women's basketball as they continue, again, to get votes in the coaches' poll and their season again they're in a different spot. They're trying to hold off Toledo and Kent State for the top spot in the Mid-American Conference Tournament. And, hey, if you keep winning, that's going to take care of it all, and uh, they have a good opportunity to continue to do that uh, this coming week. So um, when we come back, I'm going to talk about this new format in college football that, again, has been long rumored and finally ratified today. Um, It came to the public today. What it means for mid-major teams. And it, it, it actually is decent news. It seems to be. We'll talk about that when we return after this. Power Talk of Muncie WMUN. Presented every single day by Walls Furniture and Mattress, Nebo Road, and Muncie online at wallsfurniture.com. 90% of what they have on the showroom for in stock for you 48 hours or less. That's the Walls Furniture and Mattress difference on Nebo Road right here in Muncie. New trends and styles swapped out daily on the showroom floor. You better check them out. Nebo Road in Muncie online at WallsFurniture.com. Glad you're with us today. Calls welcome, 765 287 1340 at Mark WMUN on Twitter, Um, we are going to give you our sectional high school basketball plans coming up in the next segment of the show. So we got that confirmed a little bit earlier on today, and uh, we will share that info for you a little bit later on here. So big news in college football today. The new format for the college football playoff ratified for 2024 and 2025. It includes this, a 12-team playoff with the um, uh, top five being the five Power Five Conference Champions. Then the next seven ranked schools would be a part of the college football playoff. So I'm looking at this year, okay, and... This is one of those years where it's it's a little unique because there is only one non-Power Five school that was ranked in the postseason AP Top 25, and that's Liberty at uh, the 25th position. That probably because they lost their bowl game and they were 13 and one, I, I would have been curious, and I, I don't know if we can find it uh, prior to uh, when the bowl games were put into place. If we can find, oh, we may be able to find that. Actually, uh, no, maybe not. Um. So, so anyway, that um, you know, that would have been interesting. And again, th- this is going to be really, really curious again, because keep in mind this, okay? Keep in mind that the college football playoff committee will still rank these schools, which means – and and there's a lot of uh, similarities to the uh, AP Top 25 and the college football playoff Top 25. But, you know, you did the whole week by week. Every single week you had um, a briefing or a new rankings list – from the college football playoff committee. So, for instance, in the AP Top 25, if I'm not mistaken, um, Alabama was just slightly above Florida State, but Georgia, <laughs> believe it or not, Georgia was ranked number six in the college football playoff. Well, they had an overwhelming victory in, their, uh, in, in uh, their bowl game over Florida State. So Georgia in the AP Top 25 jumped to number four. Okay. But understand that the college football playoff criteria is a little different than is the AP Top 25. A little bit different. You got the committee that's doing it completely separately from everything. So, you know, the debate that we had for 4, 5, and 6 this year, which included Alabama, Florida State, and Georgia, Georgia losing in the SEC Championship, uh, Florida State winning out, but they lost their star quarterback, and then Alabama defeating Georgia in the SEC Championship uh, kind of started a major, major, major conversation and, of course, Alabama got in, and we know the rest. Alabama had a chance to knock off Michigan in round number one of the college football playoff. But the point of all of this is, again, the the mid-major schools, so in some of the mid-major conferences, are going to have much more of an opportunity. I mean, Cincinnati was probably the most controversial Uh, team to get into the college football playoff a couple of years back Um, even though that they you know they've been a power five school before Um, that was one of those that was just a a little bit of an anomaly you know you're you're used to seeing michigan washington texas georgia alabama oregon uh, florida states won a college football playoff before several years back anyway the point is this the point is that while they will be a part of the rankings, will mid-major schools, if you have a great year. You know, Liberty had a wonderful year. They were 13-0 and heading into their conference championship game, ultimately, or, or not conference championship game, their, their bowl game, and they ultimately lost. Tulane, a couple of years ago. Some of the other schools from the past, Boise State, for instance, uh, that was a part of the Mountain West that uh, made rounds – when you know you had Kellen Moore and, and and the group that also beat Adrian Peterson in Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl. But they're, they're going to be a part of the conversation, a part of the debate, a part of everything. My question is this. When you have the college football committee and you're stacking up a one-loss or two-loss LSU team versus a Mid-American Conference champion, and 13-0 Western Michigan team. How is the committee going to determine who gets in and who is worthy of getting in? Because clearly the strength of schedule is going to be awfully, awfully different for LSU over Western Michigan. So a lot of these Power 5 schools are going to rate higher being a two-loss team compared to an undefeated maybe mid-American conference team. And I just find that debate to be very curious, and I wonder if a precedent was set, um, as well, with the Florida State example and the Alabama, Georgia example. Um, I I have a lot of curiosity as as, as to how that would play out, um, because unfortunately, for teams in the MAC or you know similar conferences, you don't have an argument when it comes to strength of schedule. You just don't it's just very very hard there also it's it's kind of the balance of a team in the mid-american conference like you can't affect your schedule really over the next couple of three years but do you alter what your non-conference schedule would be just in case you have a great team that could run the table in the mid-american conference and you win out and maybe face some teams in non-conference play that gets you that perfect record um, there's a lot of strategy there, but then you also have to play into the fact that when you play a Power Five school, what you receive to play the the, the Power Five, like when you played Notre Dame, when you played Penn State, when you uh, played Georgia and Kentucky this past year, if you're Ball State, it is it's going to make things incredibly interesting because there will no doubt about it be a situation where. A a mid-major school runs the table, has a 15, 20-point margin of victory. They've run through every school that they played. They had a perfect non-conference record. They win their conference championship. And you're debating them against, um, oh, I don't know, an LSU that was in the SEC championship that's a two-loss team and they lost to Georgia, throwing this out as a hypothetical, in the SEC championship game like how do you stack up those resumes next to one another so by expanding the playoff it does open the conversation for teams like that but it, it, how do you how do you divvy through the two situations because they couldn't be more different what does the committee reward a perfect record or strength of record what, and really those two conversations can't exactly be mutually exclusive. It's just, it's just part of it. So, anyway. Um, all right, when we come back, we'll tell you about our high school basketball sectional plans coming up next. Brought to you in part by State Farm agent Jason May. Make sure you get the discounts you deserve by calling Jason at 747-7100 today. Glad you're with us in the program. As always, a big week next week with sectional high school basketball, and we are going to be busy. I mean, incredibly busy. Um, The potential for five games next week, um, and we're going to bring them all to you on video and radio now. Um, there will be some moving around of radio stations as we as Wolf Boom Radio cover uh, what is going to be an incredible week next week um, with a couple of sectionals that we plan to cover. Uh, the sectional at Newcastle, sectional number 24, and the sectional at Greenfield Central where Muncie Central is, sectional number 9. But I will tell you this. We are going to be very busy next week <laughs> with games potentially on Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, and on Saturday next week. So, again, here's what I would direct you towards, and that is uh, to check out our social media pages. Now, um, we have been streaming our high school basketball and football games all season long on Facebook during the tournament. Uh, we, will, we, we, we are unable to do so. So those video links, if you want to watch the games or listen or watch and listen, for, for that matter, um, the, all the links and all the info will be available for you um, on our social media pages. So we are looking forward to bringing all that to you but wanted to give you an update and again it's going to employ the services of all the the voices you've heard all season long and our behind the scenes staff has just been absolutely fantastic and um, at some point i would love to mention each one of their names on this program because they are just such i mean we, we got a great team uh, we absolutely do but the voices you've heard uh, myself jared boomer and rick johnston looks like all of us are going to be a part of the coverage coming up next week it will be a heck of a lot of fun it'll be busy but uh, it'll certainly be a heck of a lot of fun um, tonight Ball State men's basketball in action against Northern Illinois as we open the show today we certainly talked about the importance of tonight the importance of the next six games nobody has covered um, the Ball State men's basketball team like Kyle Smedley from the Ball State Daily News has it's Tuesday you know the drill he joins us right after this on the power on the talk of Muncie the new WMUN as always, brought to you in part by Sheriff Goslin Roofing. Your roof is there to protect your family. Make sure you're doing all you can to protect them. Sheriff Goslin Roofing has been helping families for generations. Remember to call Pete Dahlia or... Look them up at WorryFreeRoof.com. Goes without saying, a major game tonight for Ball State men's Basketball. Northern Illinois on the road in DeKalb. 8 uh, o'clock tip as Ball State trying uh, over the final six games still to have a chance to uh, get in the Mid-American Conference Tournament as we talk to Kyle Smedley from the Ball State Daily News Sports Department. Kyle, um, I, I, w- let's talk about uh, last Saturday uh, in a moment. All, everything that happened. Uh, last Saturday, which certainly was a lot, and you covered it all. Is it, it's kind of interesting, even with all the ups and downs and a lot of downs. Ball State's in the exact same position they were going into Saturday as they are tonight. Just a game back of a team, Western Michigan, who they've already beaten. So, um, fact of the matter, as ugly as Saturday was, everything's still kind of ahead of them in the same type of place.
1: I th- I mean, on paper, yes, um, you know that they, they are in the same spot that they were in beforehand. But, you know, the bigger thing is, is that loss going to affect morale going forward? Because it was an ugly loss. Um, last time they played Miami, Ohio, it went to overtime, and then they lose by 21 points, get outscored by 20 in the second half. Um, it just didn't look like, you know, it, it didn't look like the game before. And, you know, it's the same team that we saw a month ago um on both sides and i would like to think that uh going on the road doesn't cause a a 21 point loss alone um i'm not sure and and it was weird because i'm not really sure exactly what it was um that cost ball state in that game other than maybe mental errors you know like have been talked about all season um and you know like you said Endings didn't change but you know, they, they really have to they really have to make sure that they don't let a loss like that affect their psyche with six games left.
0: Yeah, I think there's certainly some concerns coming out of Saturday. I think, number one, and and after the game, Michael Lewis said this, but I was thinking this in the moment. I mean, some of that shot selection um, in the second half was, um, you know, for all the things that maybe they've had mental errors in, um, a series of shot selection like that that late in the season was troubling um, in a lot of ways when you were following it and you were down there uh, for the matchup. Just the, the difference in the first half compared to the second half was pretty drastic
1: it was um and and it's funny because i thought the same thing just the shot selection looked worse in the second half um they ended up shooting at a better percentage in the second half than the first half which really surprised me because like lewis said like you said you know the shot selection didn't look as good in the second half and you know it it seemed like that came because they might have been pressing a little bit Miami came out of the gates really hot in the second half, and it looked like Ball State was just trying to keep up and catch them up too fast um, by doing too much too fast, and that just comes with a young team, I think. Uh, I know that, you know, there's been 25 games this season, but the team is really young. Um, You know, you'd like to think that some of the guys shouldn't be making those mistakes at this point, but... I don't know. I, I just think it might be more than can be fixed in six games. It's Kyle Smedley, Ball State Daily News,
0: covers Ball State Mids basketball with us, Power Talk of Muncie, the new WMUN. Um, I got to be honest, um, you've you've covered this team um, so closely over the course of this season, and I've watched a lot of action this year. And one thing that I haven't really paid attention to, and you might – might have have more perspective on this is um, Saturday when uh, Ball State men's basketball coach Michael Lewis got very frustrated with the way that Bashir G had what was being officiated. Um, Have you noticed any that officials are having trouble figuring out the way Bashir plays and to officiate them do you feel like that was a one game deal on Saturday or is this a culmination where you feel like hey um you know and watching it and hearing some reaction from coach and that this has been a continuous process that it's been building up to what occurred on Saturday
1: it's hard to say just because part of me is just thinking well you know that's college hoops especially with bigs, you know, they're going to let him be as physical as possible down there. Uh Bashir has been double teamed um consistently since probably the Indiana state game. Um and that's just since he has really established himself as the number one option. Teams know that he is the focal point and he's going to get double teamed. It's going to be physical. Some referees let it slide more than others. Uh I don't necessarily think that the calls um, were anything egregious on Saturday. Uh, I, I think that they were consistent with what they've been all year. Um, there probably were a couple of plays where it could have been a foul. Uh, I think that there's a lot of 50-50 balls as far as is it a foul and is it not. really depends on the official. Um, and, I, and, and I think that the play style was consistent with what year has seen um, as the season has gone along. Kyle
0: Smedley, Ball State Daily News with us. Okay, um, for Ball State to put itself in the best position over the next six games, what is the number one aspect of this team that they are going to have to do best?
1: I'd like to say that they need production from the bench. Um, I think that you can't get outscored twenty nine to two on the bench and expect to win games. That's what happened on Saturday. Fact of the matter is, I just don't know if the roster is constructed in a way where that's possible. Um, however, what what can happen is. If Mickey gets healthy, if this back issue is just a one-time thing for him to miss Saturday, he really does add a lot as far as experience goes to the team. Um, You've got to ask some guys to really pick up the slack on defense, Um, you know, talking about guard play in particular. And I just think if if Bashir and Jalen can really click, it seems like when those two play well in the same game, Ball State's pretty hard to beat. Um, You just don't see that happen as much as you'd like. Um, I will just say that these six games left, um, I would say that this week in particular against Northern Illinois and Eastern Michigan might just be the most important week of the season for Ball State. So what, what did you take away the
0: first time these two teams played? And, you know, Ball State had a pretty big lead. I mean, the 10-point win I don't think was indicative of just how much they, they controlled that basketball game. So uh, what stood out the first time, and what do you expect the second time around?
1: Well, Ball State's won three straight against Northern Illinois. Uh, Bashir had 28 points last time they got they played. um The Cardinals are going to need to guard um, David Coit, I believe is how you pronounce his name, for Northern Illinois. Um, In the last three games that he's played against Ball State, he's dropped more than 20 points. They can limit him scoring, and they can get a big game from Bashir. Um, I think that they'll be all right. And here's the other thing. When they played in January, five Ball State players had double-digit scoring. That's kind of what I was saying earlier. You need a more well-balanced, well-rounded attack. And they got that last time. If they can get it again, they should be okay to win. Yeah, um, you know, and, and you look at the,
0: the, the six games here, and uh, there's only one team that is uh, more than two games above 500. Other than that, five of the six, I mean, <laughs> how many times have we had you on this program, Kyle, and we say, hey, you're judged by winning in the middle of the conference? Well, I guess in a microcosm, these next six games, no- nothing could be more true of teams like uh northern illinois eastern michigan central michigan's the outlier uh but you got western kent and bowling green they're all right you know either at the top of the middle or right in the middle or at the bottom it 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 doesn't set up any more uh i guess ironic than
1: than that kyle no i agree and and the the three that really stick out games that all state has to win i mean and it's pretty obvious but Northern Illinois, Eastern Michigan, and Western Michigan. Um, if you're able to win all three of those games, you're probably good to sneak into the eight seed. You would probably want to win one other. They probably need to go four and two to get the eight seed, but those three games especially are games that they can't afford to lose.
0: No question about it. Um, it's it's really um, um, almost the pre-Mid-American Conference tournament for Ball State over the final six, and it starts tonight at Northern Illinois. 8 o'clock tip, second time around for Ball State and Northern Illinois this time on the road. And Kyle Smedley from the Ball State Daily News will be covering it all. Thanks, my friend. Enjoy tonight and look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks for having me, Mark. That's uh, Kyle Smedley from the uh, Ball State Daily News. Yeah, I guess you could call this, maybe it's uh, mine in our words, of uh, the, the pre-conference tournament that almost you need to have that mentality in a lot of ways. Um, so tonight against Northern Illinois, um, Ball State women's basketball tomorrow. Uh, We have high school basketball coming up on Friday night as Muncie Central hosts Newcastle. Uh, Saturday, more basketball, Coach's Corner. I mean, there's a lot going on. And then, of course, we uh, sprint, and I mean literally sprint, into next week. Uh, That includes a lot of sectional basketball as we uh, get all of that ready to go. Not like we have enough to do. Not like we have enough to do. We got plenty, uh, plenty to do. So, all right. Uh, tomorrow we haven't had a chance to talk about this this week, but I do want to. I, I do want to touch on it tomorrow after we uh, recap what occurs for Ball State men's basketball tonight, and that is uh, the, the mechanisms of this franchise tag that people may, may not be aware of when it comes to Michael Pittman Jr., uh, who seems to be the most likely tag candidate if there is one for the Colts. Um, we'll, we'll break that down a little bit coming up tomorrow. But a, a big thank you to uh, Kyle Smedley, Ball State Daily News, for stopping by as he always does on the program. All of you for listening. We're back with you tomorrow at 4 right here on the Talk of Muncie, the new WMUN.